Spirit of God. Father, we thank you that no matter what we see with our natural eyes, our trust is in you. We're not looking at the mountain. We're looking at the victory that we have. Lord, we go through the mountain, over the mountain, around the mountain. Lord, it doesn't matter how, but we know that you are with us, that you will never forsake us, and we thank you for the victory. We thank you that you've told us that we have the victory, that we should walk on this earth steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I thank you for each person here, Lord, for the plan, the purpose that you have for their life. We'll walk in that victory in the name of Jesus. And everybody that believed that shouted, Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Good to see all of you in the house of the Lord. How many of you are visiting with us for the very first time? May I see your hands? One, two, three, four, maybe. Let's give them a warm. We are glad that you are here. If you're part of another church, stay where you are. If you're not part of another church, stay where you are. We would like to have you right here as part of our church. 9, 11 o'clock every Sunday morning, midweek service, 6.30, great children's ministry, all of those times, youth ministry, 6.30 on Wednesday night, and we are glad you are with us. We want you all to go to the bookstore and pick out a book right after this service, okay? We want to bless you with one of our books. You'll, have, you'll be blessed by those. Well, let's make our confession. Are you ready to go? The Word of God is truth, and we stand on that Word, and our confession is, I am... Let's start all over again. Ready? I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Can you say amen? Let's give the Lord a hand. Good to have all of you here in the house of the Lord. I want to give my daughter a word as she leaves, and that is, please call me. I am still available for no. any missions. <laughs> you, will, you will understand what that means as we progress ahead in this story. I have to call and repent of what I shared in the service, but uh, we will get to that. We'll get to that later on. It was... <laughs> It was, it was really funny. Okay, you might wonder what this is up here. We have Brad. Brad is going to help me uh, with uh, this message today. Brad, here's your little bag, and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, this represents all of the opportunities that you have that bring stress into your life. And the word of the Lord today is that stress is your enemy. Stress is a bitter enemy enemy that's trying to destroy you, one of the number one tools of the world and of the devil. And if you don't understand this, you will become so accustomed and used to stress that you will just have it in your body, you won't even understand it, and you will just live with it, and you'll think it's a way of life. But it is not a way of life. So this little basket right here of these beautiful-looking uh, potatoes, uh, going to represent the stress items that come into your life. We'll get to that in just a moment. And then this over here, this little bucket represents what God said in his word. And God said in First, uh, uh, first Peter chapter 5, verse 7, that we'll take everything that tries to distract us from the things of God 
and we'll give it to the Lord. We'll cast it away because it's a distraction. The actual scripture says, cast all of your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. He wants the very best for you. If we understand how this works, it will absolutely change our life. Stress is not intended for you ever to have. And people say, oh, no, you can't be without stress. No, you can't be without feeling stress, but you can be without accepting stress. You do not have to accept stress in your life. Your body was never made to handle stress. And so I just encourage you, this message can change your life today. But before we get too far in it, I want to read to you a little joke that I heard. I like it. I hope you can get it. The first service got it, so turn to your neighbor and tell them we're smarter than the first service. After a revival, the three pastors came together to have a revival in a small community. And uh, so they decided to have a, a, a revival. And after the revival had concluded, the three pastors were discussing the results one with another. The Methodist pastor said, the revival worked great for us. We gained four new families. The Baptist pastor said, well, it was even greater for us. We gained six new families. The Presbyterian pastor was so excited. He said, it was awesome for us. We had 10 of the most troubling families we've ever had leave our church. <laughs> You'll get it in a minute. Okay. Now, if you have your Bibles... We can go to the book of Matthew, chapter 11, and uh, I want to start reading, uh, but uh, first of all, I want to give you a definition of, of what stress is. Now, some of you know that uh, recently I had a challenge in my body. Uh, not sure what it was. I ended up going to the hospital between services. Uh, it ended up that they thought I had a heart attack. And then they thought I didn't have a heart attack. And then they thought maybe I did, and then they thought maybe I didn't. And I went to the cardiologist the other day. He said, well, we think maybe you did, but we're still not really sure uh, what it could have been. And I said, well, could it have been stress or something like that? He said, yeah, it could have been. So they're not sure what it is. They think it might have been a small heart attack. They think maybe it wasn't a heart attack. I think I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. They can figure out all the terminology they want. But I believe that the Word of God says I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm ready for the rest of the race. But what I did ask him when I said, what about stress? He said, he said stress can give uh, false readings of symptoms in your body, like a heart attack and many other sicknesses and disease, and it can actually lead to sickness and disease in your body. And so I went on the internet <clears throat> and started looking, and stress has been attributed now to diabetes, it's been, uh, uh, stress has been attributed to uh, obesity. Stress has been uh, uh, attributed to hypertension, high blood pressure. Uh, stress, is, it, stress weakens every part of your body and organ if you have enough of it in your body. <clears throat> and it eventually can kill you. It eventually can kill you. And because you don't recognize it for what it is, then you entertain it because you think that's just the way life is in this day and age that we live in. Now, I will say this. There is more stress in the world today than I believe there has ever been. I believe a lot of it comes through technology. I believe a lot of it comes through rapid uh, news cycles and things of that nature that we know what's going on in the world. 
But I believe most of it comes from a demonic stronghold that is increasing attack against people and that we're just accepting what it's trying to give us instead of uh, understanding how dangerous it is. Now, if, you, if you're going to do something about stress, you have to understand what it is. Kind of like Sun Tzu, you've got to know who your enemy is. A state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from an adverse circumstance. In other words, something isn't going the way you thought it should. Something isn't lining up with the Word of God. It's an adverse situation. It's bringing adversity in, and it's a stress-filled situation that's trying to get your attention. It's trying to distract you from the things of God. A physical, chemical, or emotional factor that causes bodily or mental tension and may cause disease. Nobody can make you stressful. Turn to your neighbor and say, nobody can make you stressful. Nobody can make you stressful. No situation can. All stress comes through your mind. And what you entertain determines whether or not you're going to carry the weight of that stress or whether you're going to get rid of it immediately as it's trying to connect to you. Now, the Word of God is very clear. Jesus told us what to do about stress. And let's read here in uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle, lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So therefore, now, if you look at the definition of uh, a heavy burden, let's take a look at what it says right here. A heavy burden is basically stress. It means to be weighed down, to be overloaded, to be burdened, to be tired, and to be troubled. Rest means to be relaxing, refreshing, recovery of strength, peace of mind and spirit, and total freedom from anxieties. Now, that's how you and I should be. Total freedom. All stress that you will not get rid of will eventually give you anxiety, and you will start to become anxious about things, and after a while, you will start doing that as a habit habitually because we are all creatures of habit. Let's say I am a creature of habit. And if you're walking without stress, that habit has probably been ingrained in your life, and you're doing a great job. If you aren't, that habit has been ingrained in your life, and you are the problem. Now, t turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad I came today. <laughs> you are the problem if you're stressed out. No, 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 my aunt's the problem, my in-law's the problem, my mom's the problem, my dad's the problem. No, 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 no. If you're full of stress... You are the problem because you are processing through your mind and accepting the stress instead of giving it to the Lord. Do what God is showing you to do. Do everything the Holy Spirit has shown you. Live the Word of God exactly what God said to do, but don't let stress get a hold of you. Now, Brad is going to give us 
a little illustrative sermon here, or help with the illustrative sermon. First sermon, <laughs> the, the first message, uh, took us a long time to break through on that bag. I, I, I have a, a, a bag from uh, Kroger's, and this bag is supposed to be for fruit, about a pound or, or two pounds. I have, I think there's 10 pounds of, of potatoes. I have 10 pounds of potatoes, so I thought, well, surely if you got a two-pound bag and put 10 pounds of potatoes in it, you're going to bust the bag. It took us a long time to bust that bag, and we had 10 pounds of potatoes in there. But this represents the stress that's in your life. Now, let's all say it. I was never meant to carry stress. Never meant at all. Your body is to be at perfect peace. And we say, well, what happens when things go right? Well, you pray about it. You ask God what to do about it. You do what he said, and then you let it go. Everybody said, let it go. So, Brad, come on up here, buddy. We'll start with you. So, all of a sudden, you start your day. How many of you know that there are things in your life that if you let it, it causes stress? Can I see your hand? All of us probably have something. It's what we do and how we handle it. Uh, I was telling the first service here the other day we got up, and I, I was having a great day. Everything was fine. It was a great night. I got up looking forward to the day, pushed the garage door open, and the whole garage door assembly ripped off right on the door, just ripped right out of the door and put a great big hole in my garage door. That really upset me, but only because I allowed it to. I, I, I just I let it get the best of me. I thought, oh, God's door. My first thought was not, God will supply all of my needs. Thank you, Jesus. Somehow you're going to turn this thing around and use it for good. My first thought was a garage door is going to be about $1,000 to $2,000 at least. And then I felt like, oh, man. So here comes the stress. The stress is always waiting at the door. So the stress comes in and it starts to mount up. And instead of having a good day, I'm thinking about my garage door. So give Brad a hand because we'll just let him handle that for right now. Okay, you can go back there, Brad. I'll come over there to you. So anyway, so anyway, you know, we go on and, and we're going to live the Word of God. And long story short, we got a, got a new garage door. Looks real pretty. Doesn't look like it's worth what we paid, but it's a good garage door. But anyway, regardless, we got a garage door now. So and the other day, now I'm, I'm really praying about this message. To live this message, I, I want to live in perfect peace. And the cardiologist said, you need to get stress off your life. Well, it's real easy to do. You just don't accept it. I don't accept any stress. We think. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, we think. And, and so I get a call that um, uh, Lori and Jory were at our house, and, and, and Jack needs to be picked up uh, at school. And uh, so they said, would I go pick him up? You need to pick him up so many days and, you know, whatever. And I said, okay, sure. So I go out to Harrison at uh, the time I'm supposed to meet him. Uh, I think it's 2.30 I'm supposed to be there. And just as I get there early, 2.15 to pick him up. And at 2.15 I pull up and it says, hey, Pop, would you, uh, would you uh, uh, come at 3.30 instead of 2.30? Now I'm there an hour and 15 minutes early instead of in 15 minutes early. And I'm thinking, why are you just not telling me? I got to apologize to my daughter. She was in the first service. Come on back up here, buddy. Because she said, I'll never call him again to help Jack. I, I don't want to be disconnected from my grandson. But anyway, so I'm sitting out there and I'm thinking, why did he just now call me? And here comes the stress starting to fill up. I was having a really great day up until that point. So I'm sitting out there thinking about this. And all of a sudden, I get a text from Joe, my son-in-law. And Joe says, hey, I just drove by and saw your car there. I was going to come and get Carter, and uh, I see you sitting there, so I'll go on home. I thought, what the heck? It's your kid, not mine. It's my grandson. So here, here comes some more stress coming in there. And I'm thinking, 
I'm just being honest with you. I love Joe, but I'm just saying, duh, you driving by, see me sitting there, and you don't do it? Why aren't you picking up your kid? And so, okay, so I'm sitting there, and then, and so pretty soon Jack comes out. Now, I love Jack. I love Jack. He's a precious little kid. So Jack comes out, and uh, he says, hey, Pop, you want to take my buddy home? Duh, I just, I don't even want to be here. Uh, I got things to do. I am busy saving the world. Uh, and so anyway, <laughs> so anyway, I say, yeah, yeah, sure. I want to take your friend home. His name's Jack, too, so I got Jack and Jack. Uh, and uh, Jack in the car, Jack in the box. That's real cute. And, and so anyway, I tell you, I said, where's he live? Now, Carter lives way far away from Harrison. He's got to be on the edge of the zone uh, wherever. He's all the way out past Myers. I say, great, where's your friend live? Well, he lives all the way the other way, on the other end of the school district. I thought, oh, really? that's really great. They will have a great time. So we're taking him out there, and so we put him in there, and then it's like, okay, I finally get him home, get him taken care of. So then I got to go the next day. Well, then Pam, she says, you weren't, I was, I was unloading on Pam. How many of you realize sometimes we unload on our mates? Just like, okay, I'm tired of this stress. I'm going to give it to you. No, that's not the way it should work, but, but that's what we inadvertently do. And so I, so I, so I, I, uh, I said, Joey drives right by and sees my car, and he doesn't even stop. He just sends me a text and says, oh, I see you're there. I'm going home. And, and she says, well, did you read the note in your, in your, uh, on your mirror there in the bedroom? I said, I saw it up there. She says, that's not the day you're supposed to be there. Joe was supposed to be there. I thought, what? So now do I not only have that stress, I'm upset with her for telling me about a note that I should have read that I didn't. And I got down and I said, well, you should have read it to me or whatever, you know. And so, so then the following day, I got to go get him again. I read the note. It's the right day. So I go out there to get him. And I'm thinking, okay, I hope he doesn't call again and have to be an hour late. And so I get out there, and uh, he's, he's 25 minutes late. I got there 15 minutes early, and he's 25 minutes late. You do the math. That's 40 minutes of sitting in the Harrison Circle driveway. I'm a Jeff guy, not a Harrison guy. <laughs> I am thinking, these people are taking advantage of me. Just because I'm a really nice guy, I got to run all the errands. I am not a taxi cab. And all of a sudden, this one we're going to believe a break again. <laughs> now, this represents your body. This bag is made, is made to handle about a pound or two. Your body is made to handle no stress. But this bag is having stress go all the way through it right now. And it's eventually going to break. If not, we're going to push our hand down and then break it. But it's going to break. <laughs> and, and, and this is your body. Your body will, will take a lot of stress that it shouldn't take, but it's taking a toll on you. It is taking a toll on your organs. It's taking a toll on your mind. And if you've got enough stress on you, it's taking a toll on people that are around you. There's nothing worse than, being around, than having the perfect peace of God and be around a stressful person. They'll drive you up a wall. They'll make you stressful. There's another example. Now, so this day, I'm out there, and I'm, 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 I'm thinking, I read my note. I know what I'm doing. I even took a book with me, and he's 25 minutes late. But here comes his friend again. No problem. I know where you live now. I don't have to ha say, turn here, turn there, turn there. I know where you live. So, so, so he says, can you take my friend home? Sure, Jack, take your friend home. So I get in the car, and I'm thinking, ah, man, 
Why, why, why me? Have you ever said, why me? Why not? <laughs> why me? So I take them home, I'm, and they, they got their cell phones, they're doing their thing, so there's no conversation going on at all. And uh, I don't know what that thing is they advertise on TV. The mom walks in and pushes a button, all cell phones go dead. I'd like to have one of those. But anyway, we get all the way to Jack's house, all the way across town. I get ready to pull up to his house, and I look in my mirror. The other Jack is in the back seat. I'm thinking, I forgot to take him home. And neither one of these jerks said anything. They're just sitting there playing with the phone. And I go all the way to the other end of town and forget to take this kid home. I said, did you guys realize I wasn't going the right way and I wasn't taking you home? Oh, uh, no, we just wasn't watching, Pop. We didn't know what's going on. We live in oblivious land. And so, so now, I got to go all the way back to the other end of town to take this Jack home and bring the other Jack back home. And by then, I just need to scream or do something because instead of enjoying my grandson and enjoying his friend, I have allowed a negative thought to enter into my mind. <laughs> that, it went, it went a little bit, went, and you're getting tired of home, too. Get that out. <laughs> and that is exactly what happens in, in your life, too. All of a sudden, it's just like all of those didn't cause that bag to break, but it happened. But the last one in was probably the last one. Have you ever really lost it? And you think that thing that caused you to lose it, that wasn't the thing. What caused it was all that stress you've allowed to build up. That's why we're like that. We are not made to handle stress. Tell your neighbor, you are not made to handle stress. That is not the way you were hardwired. Just because you have been carrying it doesn't mean you're capable to carry it. You've got to get to the point when you give it to the Lord and you take this and you say, God, I have prayed. It's my little nephew. Uh, by the way, getting back to Jack, the day that he said he needed another hour. This was my thought. Yeah, he's hanging out with a girl, and he wants an hour with a girl somewhere at Harrison High School. That, duh, I've been there. I, well, somebody's been there. I don't know. But, but anyway, <laughs> so on the second day, taking Jack finally home, still hot, I said, thanks. He's, he's, he looked at me, made me start to cry. He says, thanks, Pop. I really love you, and I really appreciate you doing this for me. And I said, well, you're welcome, Jack. And he said, and I really appreciate it yesterday because I know you had to wait an extra hour. He said, I wanted to really study for my chemistry test. And the teacher at the last minute said, I'll spend an hour with you, Jack, if you can stay. And he said, I thought you wouldn't mind. Glory to God, I was shrinking fast. <laughs> Here's my grandson wants to study to get an A on a chemistry test. And I am upset because I have to wait for him. Glory to God, I repent it. But see, whenever stress comes, you say, okay, God, I committed to do this, and it's going to be an extra hour, but that's okay. You'll give me the grace to do it. So this thing I feel, this, this little stress, I'm going to give it to you. I'm not going to carry it. God can handle all the stress in the world. Turn to your neighbor and say, God can handle stress. You can't. God can't. So, you know, this little thing about his friend, instead of being concerned about taking him home, maybe I found a new friend. Maybe I can influence this young guy's life. 
Maybe the next time I pick him up, if my daughter will let me, I can influence his friend's life. My, my daughter left here saying, I'm not calling him again. <laughs> I got to call and tell her I just needed it for the illustrated sermon. But, you know, you put that care. And you say, you know, that garage, we, had, we were saving up money that we wanted to use for other things. But now that garage, that, that garage ends up taking so much. Instead of being concerned about the price of the garage, how about if I would have meditated my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I thank God we have the ability. I'd rather plant $1,000 in the ground than pay $1,000 for a garage door, but God had given us the ability to do that. So we just take that and put it in this little thing and say, God, I give it to you. I'm okay. I got a pretty shiny garage door. Didn't want it, but I got it, so I'm going to enjoy it. Life is supposed to be enjoyed. Tell your neighbor, life is supposed to be enjoyed. Now, if you will do this, it will change your life. The most important thing that you're going to have to do if you're going to walk without pressure and stress in your life is Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. <clears throat> I know we talk about this scripture a lot in this church, but I believe it's the catalyst for all of the success that God wants us to have. It says that we present our body as a living sacrifice, pure, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is our reasonable service, and that we will not, we will not be conformed to this world, but we will be transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we will know the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Perfect will of God for your life is that you would never be under stress. Perfect will of God for your life is that anything that causes you stress, you give it to the Lord because it is a distraction from the things that God wants you to have. And you give it to the Lord. You're reaching out to people. You're doing everything that you can for somebody, and it doesn't work out. So many times when we would reach out to my nephew up in Colorado, and he would seem to make a couple of steps, and then he'd fall back, and he would regress, and we'd start to take that stress upon us. We are not in charge of the supernatural. Everybody say, I am not in charge of the supernatural. The supernatural belongs to God. We're in charge to do whatever God, we're, we're, we're told by God, do whatever he tells you to do and then let it go. Do whatever God says. You are not in charge of seeing to it that people are delivered from drugs. You are not in charge of seeing that marriages are restored. That is God's supernatural ability. You are in charge as the delivery boy to tell people and do for people what God shows you to do for them. But the supernatural belongs to God. Tell your neighbor, the supernatural belongs to God. And he doesn't need any help in that arena. Now, if you understand how this works with your mind, it will absolutely set you free because all stress, as I said earlier in this message, all stress comes through your mind. And when your mind is renewed, you're not going to be moved by saying what you see. A lot of people believe that it's, it's, that they, they open their mouth too quickly and they speak what they see instead of speaking what they believe. You can look at something and say, this is bad, this is horrible, da 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 All you're doing is coming to agreement with the devil. What we need to do is say, my God will supply all of my needs. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am steadfast and movable. My children will always serve the Lord. We had a situation in Tulsa where a youth, uh, he ended up being a youth pastor. His name is Greg Glassford. I'll never forget that. And 
Greg Grassford was a youth pastor, but before he was a youth pastor, he was a drug addict who went to Pastor Billy Joe Doherty, who was a youth pastor at the time, who went to his youth services, and he would sit there. And he would sit there and look at the girls to see if there were any cute girls there, and then he'd go out and drink beer and do drugs and everything as a high school student, a senior. And one day, his mother was in the area with Billy Joe, and, she, and, and, and he said, how is Greg doing? She said, my son is serving God. He is an awesome man of God, and he's prospering in every area of his life. And he said, I, he just shook, Billy Joe said, I just shook my head and walked away and said, she doesn't know her son. I know her son, and that is not her son. And she said, then God spoke to him and said, she is absolutely right. That is exactly what I see for her son, and that is exactly what he's going to be. He became a youth pastor, became a minister, and a powerful man of God because she would never confess the stress and the situation that the devil was doing to her son. A lot of times when we don't understand this, we are called to live the Word of God, speak the Word of God. And then the other thing that we have to do if we're going to keep this stress off of our life, is we're going to have to know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Nehemiah 8.10, they had just rebuilt the wall, 52 days, a tremendous miracle. The people are excited, they're ecstatic. Nehemiah, Ezra, the leaders are there, and they're all getting ready to celebrate what God had just done, and they bring out the scrolls, and they start to read the Word of God, and the people realize the mistakes that they had made. How many of you have ever realized some of the mistakes that you've made, and you start to feel bad about it, and you felt, start to feel that pressure on you? I'm going to trip over a care here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you start to feel that upon you. And what they, and, and, and what they said, it doesn't say specifically Nehemiah said it, but that's what everybody thinks. Nehemiah said, wait, 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 wait. When you're here in the reading of the law and you're not doing it, don't be sorrowful. Don't, don't feel bad about yourself. Don't get down on yourself. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Be joyful. Let God's joy fill you. If you're doing something wrong, change it. Do it right. But don't lose your joy. Jesus said it a little bit different way in John chapter 15, verse 11. He said, I've come to give you my joy so that your joy would be full. I have never met a happy, joyful person who came and said, her things are really horrible. I got stressed all over my life and I feel so bad and I'm so happy about it. No, the first thing that happens is you lose all your joy. That's why the, the, the eyes are the windows of the soul. That when you're around people sometimes, Pam and I sometimes will do this. You, you'll be around a person sometime, and after church or so, I'll come over and i say, hey, how's so-and-so doing? So what, what do you mean? I said, I don't know. I looked at them today, and their eyes, their eyes just look. How many of you realize your eyes reflect the power of God or the power of the enemy or defeat or victory? I mean, you can look in a person's eyes, and you can find out. We'll check it out right now. Who we got? <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> Check up. What do you think? What do you think? You're going to cry. No. <laughs> now, what happens is your eyes, everybody say, my eyes, give me away. Turn to your neighbor, say, my eyes, give me away. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. It's like a thermometer. It's like you put a thermometer in and say, you've got a temperature. Your eyes reflect who you are, where you are with the Lord. Now, we know what's going to happen in church. We're all going to get the good eyes, right? Mm, I'm doing good, man. And you go out there in the car and you look at it one another and say, hey, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No, 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 no. It's good. The joy of the Lord. Listen, the joy of the Lord is my strength. 
I should have been enjoying my grandson. I should have been thinking, this is awesome. I get to go hang out with my grandson today. Glory to God. And I get to meet his friend, and his friend's going to think I'm super cool, and we're going to have a great time. And instead, I'm loading up my stress bucket thinking, and then forgetting to take him home. Glory to God. Now, here's, here's a couple more things I want to share with you before we close. In, in Romans chapter, no, no, let's go to James chapter, uh, chapter 1 first. <clears throat> Concerning joy, I don't want to leave joy just yet, because there, there are things in my life that if I will focus on them long enough, they can start to steal that joy, and I can start to see the stress start to come. Things that haven't happened. I love that song. I asked Pam to do that song with the offering. In the Word of Faith movement, they probably wouldn't like that song we sang at the offering. When I don't see the mountains move, and somebody say, the mountains always move, because the Word of God says the mountains move. Well, I bet you that every one of us have had something like Garth Brooks used to sing, Thank God for Unanswered Prayer. You remember that song? It's a little country western song. I loved it. Uh, Thank God for Unanswered Prayer. There were a whole lot of prayers that I had in my life God didn't answer. God didn't answer my prayer about the first marriage that I had. I don't understand what happened, but it didn't happen. But he brought me this pretty little girl, and I'll tell you what, it worked out good for me. I got the one he had for me, and it's working out really, really good. But I don't, I, I, I don't lean to my understanding, nor should you. The Word of God God says, lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your steps. One of the biggest challenges you will have to entertain stress in your life when you don't even know it is entertaining the thoughts of trying to understand what's going on. Now, let me see. What do I understand? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And your mind starts racing on you, and before long, you got all that stress in your life, and that's contrary to the Word of God. The word, you go to this little bucket and say, God, I gave this to you to do, but I'll tell you what, you're not doing it fast enough. I'm going to figure it out myself. I'm going to try to understand this myself. And by the way, there's something over here you're not doing fast enough, and I, this one isn't working out great. I think I'm going to take all this back, God. No, 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 no. Give it to God, live it with God, and forget about it, and move on with what God has for you. Lean not to your understanding. Let's say it like we mean it. Lean not to your understanding. That will set you free from all this. Now, let's look at what it says in the book of James. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, and let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, complete, and lacking for nothing. Once you've got that joy in your life, you're not going to lack anything. It, you may not see the mountain move, but you're going to see and know that God is there with you, and you're going to trust in the Lord. He's going to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. He's going to take care of you. He's made you the head, not the tail. The blessings of God are going to come upon you and overtake you. Romans 8.28 is another scripture that goes along with the ability not to allow anything to be stressful in your life. It says God will turn things around, everything around. God will turn everything around and work it together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. What will he do? He'll turn it around, and he'll use it for good to strengthen you in that area of your life. And I've seen that time and time again in my life and the life of other people. Things that you've been through that seem like disaster at the moment, God turned it around, healed you, took that stress off your life, and gave you the ability to reach out and minister to other people. Stress 
is the killer. Stress is your enemy. Get rid of it once for all and don't ever entertain it again. Can you say amen to that? Let's all stand to our feet. God has a wonderful plan for each and every one of your lives. And it starts with knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your spirit man is not reborn. Eternal life has not been established in heaven for you yet. But the good news is that God is always waiting for you to reach out and accept his son. Bow your heads with me just for a moment. The most important question you will ever answer is this. Do you know where you will spend eternity? God loves you. and God has a plan for your life. And through Jesus, he will remove all of the sins all of the challenges off of your life, but only through Jesus. And maybe you're here and you've never acknowledged Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you have, you have accepted him at one time, but maybe you've walked away from him like, like a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter. You know your life is not right with God. Let today be the day that you give your heart to the Lord. And if I've described you, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air. And we're going to pray for you. Holy Spirit, I know that you're with us. We'll take our time. If that's you and you say, pray for me, I know my life is not right with God. We're going to take a moment. Yes, I see your hand all the way back. Are there others? You say, my life is not right and I know it. See, the Holy Spirit will be moving and touching your heart if your life is not right with God. Lord, I pray that if there are others here today, Lord, that this would be their day of salvation. Anyone else? Now, while we're still in prayer, how many of you would say, I feel an overwhelming burden of stress in my life? Can I see your hands? I believe that today, God is going to remove that from you. But you're going to have to come into agreement with God. God will do the rest. All of you that lifted your hands, maybe you didn't lift your hands, but you know that stress is on your life. It's going to end today. I want you all to come to the altar real quickly. Come on out of your seats. Come on down here. Letting go of what God has never intended for you to have. Give them a hand as they come. We thank God for it. I am believing that this is the last day, the last moment that you will entertain. There's a difference between feeling stress and entertaining stress. And we're talking about never again entertaining stress. I want us all to pray with this gentleman right here at the altar. And let's all pray this together. This is a special day for you, my friend. A day of new beginning. Let's pray. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. And I believe that you died for my sin. I've sinned. I've made mistakes. But today I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart. Take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you and to be all that you've called me to be.
Father, I thank you.